Due to the graphic nature of Brother Theodore's filmography, absolutely disgusting. Listener discretion is advised. Previously on Kurt Spurb's Blurbs. You live in this shitty little studio. Tonight on Kurt Spurb's Blurbs. Fuck, I felt that. You need to write that down. Kurt B. Burbson. Kurt B. Blurbson. Kurt B. Burbson now. Kurt B. Burbson. Kurt B. Blurbson. It's Kurt Spurb's Blurbs time now. It's Kurt Spurb's Blurbs time now. What up, what up, what up, neighbors and lunatics? Dr. Kurt Money here, and welcome to Kurt Spurb's Blurbs, the only podcast dedicated to the 1989 Joe Dante masterpiece, The, the Burbs. Burbs. And welcome to the season one finale of KBB. So I promised a lot for the season one finale, didn't I? <laughs> Chat with my shrink. Didn't happen. She said no. Chat with ex-wife. Didn't happen either. COVID said no. But I did do one thing as promised. I done solved it, neighbors. I solved the pod and I solved my life. I solved the eternal question here at KBB and that is why the burbs? I mean, other than the fact that it's to bit but The burbs is the best of all time. Roger. But why me? And why all the nonstop burbs? Why? And now I finally know the answer to that. It can happen anywhere. I mean, I'm selling shit now because I could move if I wanted to or could move. I mean, okay, I could. Future Kurt here. Uh, past Kurt. <laughs> Why in the hell are you talking about moving? All right, look, here's what this whole episode's about. I'm just going to lay it all on the line right now just so there's no confusion. <laughs> Somewhere in the next one to five to ten years, the Burbs and I will put on a one-man show. That's right together. I don't know what the show is. I just know it's going to have a piano. It's going to have a projector. And most importantly, it's going to have squibs. Hella squibs. Squibs for days. Raised variety. Is what the headline will scream in five to ten years from now when this show is done. Good, honey. All right. Anyway, let's go back to past Kurt and his Uncle Ruben episode. And do me a favor. Act surprised when he finally gets to the point of this damn thing and the one-man show part. Poor guy's pretty sold on this one. Oh man, a lot has been cooking in the Kurt Cave as of late, okay? Three of my roommates got evicted, so I had to help them move out. You don't want to know what I really mean by roommates or evicted. Mm, you dirty It's like on How I Met Your Mother. They have like sandwich-based code for weed and shit. So funny. Someone's been eating a sandwich. All right, so what's been cooking? Number one, the coronavirus thing, where I thought I found the cure for COVID in the Burbs press release I bought off eBay for 11 bucks. Weird place to hide the cure for the coronavirus. I mean, was it even around back then? Surprise, surprise. It was not the cure for COVID. It was actually just the caterer credits for the Burbs. And in case you're wondering, those caterers were four stars catering. Not like the number four, but F-O-R stars like are we having fun yet so we're gonna move on from that one on to another honest mistake also my responsibility and it might cost kbb some advertising dollars if i can't make this right i'd rather chew broken glass so you might remember last week i so jazz do an ad for uh hbo max and two jillian on her 37th birthday jillian has no more birthdays i thought they went great but turns out they did not go over. No. And the higher-ups at HBO Max have written me a letter detailing all the ways I fucked up. Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. The letter is from their lawyers, but it's the words of HBO Max. So first thing they had to say was, Two Jillian on her 37th birthday isn't even a Warner Brothers property. So it's not on HBO Max to begin with. Huh. That's the first complaint in the letter. Wrong movie. Strike one. What I was supposed to promote was the 2001 rom-com Summer Catch starring Freddie Prince Jr. and Jessica Biel. Summer Catch. Everyone here at Kurt's Burst Blurbs is truly sorry for this mix-up. I'm so sorry. I think 
think it's a fair mistake to make, though. Getting the two mixed up. Two Jillian has Freddie Prince Jr. in it. Yeah. Is about a dead mom. It's been two years. And takes place in Nantucket. This could get bumpy. Summer Catch has Freddie Prince Jr. in it. I feel alive in my thumb. It's got a dead mom. Ever since mom died, you think the world owes you something? Bullshit! And takes place in Cape Cod. I grew up here. And I mostly think of baseball. Plus, not to mention, both films feature gratuitous shots of bikini butts. And I got... Gratuitous. Says who? Lawyer Letter also had this to say. Furthermore, if To Jillian was our movie that we are promoting, we would be beyond appalled at what you decided to highlight from the film. Daughter butts. Junior butts. Busted skulls. This is so great! Puking Homeland stars. The whole thing was... Oh! Ill-advised. It says... Daddy, hi. All right, fair enough. Point taken. I'm new to the sponsorship gig. I thought those were things worth talking about from the movie, but you know what? My bad. The good news is HBO Max and the lawyers decided to give me another chance. They're giving me this episode to promote watching Summer Catch. Summer Catch. So that's what these ads this week are going to be about, neighbors. Uh, Summer Catch. Summer Catch. A movie that is on HBO Max. And I watched it, so I know it exists. That's great! This is great news for KBB. Or, I mean, it should be good news. What, Carol? It's going to be tough to promote watching it because of how much it sucked. <laughs> Let me tell you, bad, 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 hated this movie. What? I mean, it's god-awful. Freddie Prince is a bore. What you think don't mean shit. And then Jessica Biel is, like, throwing herself at him when all he does is storm out of places. Shouldn't it be the other way around? You know, the girl leaves the bar and the guy chases her. And he's like, I mow lawns, meh. Ryan, listen to me. No. Look, let's just go back to I'm the guy who cut your father's grass. Anyway. The movie sucked, but I'm going to put a good face on about it because I gotta impress the suits at HBO Max. This is my last shot to make it. I want this to work. I want Kurt Burf's blurbs to be a sponsorable show. So um, let's try this again. Just a minute or two. Wish me luck. KBB will BRB right after this. HBO Max is proud to present the fact that this week's KBB MVPs are all BMs. That's right. Most Valuable Player Award goes to every single Brittany Murphy scene in Summer Catch. Didn't get that job on the vineyard. They still want my underwears back. Even if they make her say underwears a bunch. Why don't you just give me my underwears back? Can you just say your name first? Sip, Talking Head Kurt. T-A-L-K-I-N-G-H-E-A-D-K-U-R-T. I mean, she owns every single scene she's in. You just remember her, and you smile. God, she was special. My favorite part of the whole movie is that split second where Brit does the thing that Brit does. Why do girls always take my underwear? Because boxers are more comfortable. Fine. I'll wear yours. (laughs) Is it a snort? Is it a laugh? Is it somewhere in between? I don't know. Whatever it is, I love it. (laughs) I love it. You just cannot help but be suddenly endeared to her when she did that. You hear that sound, (laughs) and you just... I mean, I miss her every day. I feel like every streaming channel should have at least one Brittany Murphy movie in their library. How many are on HBO Max? Three? That's pretty good. That's pretty cool of them. Thanks, HBO Max. HBO Max. We got lots of movies with dead people in them. Welcome.
Welcome back to KBB, Dr. Money here. The COVID cure was a bust, but I was not kidding about having the Burbs press release. That was in Israel. Big deal. I got it. And it's a fascinating read through and through. I mean, first of all, it probably merits its own episode, but I got to tell you one thing about it, okay? It's a little bit of a Burbs tree. Burbs mystery. Who's done the house? Not Burbs history. That's also Burbs tree. I got too much cooking today in this episode, so I'm going to table this somewhere down the line in season two, but I will say this. I knew this was going to happen. The press release refers to the burbs in all lowercase. What's up with that? And titles and stuff, it's the all caps, so it doesn't matter. But there are a lot of points in here where it's, quote, the burbs, and that B is lowercase, my friend. That's how that dumb devil demon book that I hate so much referred to the movie. We're back to the book again. I'm sorry. Did it go to theaters with the first B officially lowercase, and then when it went to home video, it got capitalized? Or maybe because the one sheet is in all caps. And so is the sans serif font of the burbs that pops up in the credits at the beginning of the movie. Uh-huh. I don't know. It doesn't. Look, I know you're thinking, who cares? Well, guess what? Dr. Money does. All right? I care very much. It's your vacation. Especially after the debacle of last year in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where the ellipses are supposed to fall. I don't understand how it's so nuts to ask for an official way to spell and punctuate a movie title. I mean, it's crazy. Ah. So where are we? Oh, season one finale. Here we go. We are on alert. I got some heat horizon. And I got a steam of steam. Because we got a burst beef. Hey, where's the beef? It's coming your way right now. Victim number one, Rolling Stone magazine. I got beef, and you busted. Why? For saying impossible to comprehend sentences and expecting the public to just let it slide. Well, guess what? Not in the Kirk Cave, my friends. Nobody knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away with it. I don't know how I didn't see it till now, but back in early May, Rolling Stone ranked all of Tom Hanks' movies from worst to best. Even his cameo in The Simpsons is ranked. This is Tom Hanks saying, if you see me in person, please leave me be. Naturally, I was curious to see where the old burbs fell on this list of Rolling Stones. I was prepared for it to be wrong and not have the burbs at number one. Very high. I knew that was coming, because not everyone in the world is wise to the brilliance of the burbs. Yet. Good, honey. But where they ended up ranking the burbs on this list is 31. Okay, look, fuck a build up on this. I'm too steamed. Oh, he got me mad. I almost like it. Number 31. As in, there are 30 other Tom Hanks movies that are better than the burbs. I mean, ah! <laughs> oh, come on! This is insanity. These obsolete motherfuckers at Rolling Stone got the gall to say Ray Peterson in the burbs was Tom Hanks' 31st best role. I mean, get the. <sighs> I'm not going to list all 30. I could. I could list all 30 titles and go, wrong, 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 But I don't need to point them out to show how dumb and wrong this list is. Listen to what these dummies say about the burbs. Listen up, mister. Quote, As a Tom Hanks vehicle, however, it's a bit of a bust. Stuck between playing one of his early career lovable goofs and a protagonist in a horror movie, he never quite finds the right tone. Neither does the film, for that matter, and we say this as ride-or-die Dante heads. And we say this as ride-or-die Dante heads. I'm sorry, what now? Ride-or-die Dante heads. You, Rolling Stone. And you don't even like The Burbs, let alone love it? Never mind that it's his best and the best movie picture ever made. The Burbs is the best of all time. If a casual fan of Joe Dante told me they didn't dig The Burbs, I'd first go silently wrong-o to myself, and then I'd go, well, yeah, that's like your opinion, man. Yeah. But to claim to be this ride-or-die Dante head and not like The Burbs is inexcusable. Inexcusable, give me a fucking break. 
That's like saying you love birds, except when they fly. Birds. The birds is what Dante does best. Make the perfect film. Speaking of birds. Birds. Guess what those rolling bone. Lamos ranked at number three. Sully. Oh, come on. Birds. Sully is Tom Hanks' third best movie. Are you kidding me? Not happening. God, that steams me. Now, it is possible that this is all just a cosmic joke on me, Kurt Money, with that ranking of 31. Why? Because if you reverse 31, what do you get? 13. That's right. The number that I myself ranked the burbs at for Tom Hanks' roles back in 2012. You know what? I'm just going to list my faves. Forrest Gump, duh. Saving Private Ryan. Catch Me If You Can. The Money Pit. Crazy underrated, by the way. <laughs> Joe vs. Volcano. Sleepless in Seattle. You Got Mail. The Terminal. It's good. Don't hate. <laughs> Castaway, Green Mile, Turner and Hooch, That Thing You Do, The Burbs. There's gotta be one I'm forgetting. What is it? So, maybe this whole situation is just payback when that dummy was running his mouth. What up, Internet? Ugh, look, even if that is the case, Burbs beef number one, Rolling Stone, you've been roasted. All right, go lick your wounds and think about what you've done. Who's next? Burbs beef number two. Where's the beef? iTunes or Apple Music or whatever new name you want to be called these days. You suck. You no good, worthless piece of... And here's why. Because today, and it is birth-related, believe it or not, I recently bought two CDs of Brother Theodore performing. They're both great. More on them later. Yuckety, yuckety, yuck. Fact is, I wanted those yucks on the go. And I was denied that right by Apple Music. Why? I couldn't get it on my damn phone. There's no possible way for me to import that CD into my Apple Music. It thinks that Brother Theodore's stand-up is like some sitar arrangement guy. So the only way for me to listen to that is if I allow it to be called like world music and not be labeled correctly. I'm not trying to roast this other music. Try decaf. Come on. It's not their fault. Apple's an idiot. And then iTunes has been flawed from the jump. That's one of the theories, yeah. Obviously, that's a burbs beef. But now even worse, thanks to iTunes, KBB is on the verge of being boring, no! which I cannot stand for. Ow! Burbs uncut all over again. I'm not here for it. Top of my Blu-ray rip. The doc's been got yet again by boring tech talk. Let's just go to a break before I shut the whole damn thing down. That's it. Burbs beef over. Hello, and welcome to All the Marbles. I'm your host, Game Show Kurt. We'll get you right back to Main Show Kurt here in a second, but Game Show Kurt wants you to win big. So let's see what we can do about that, huh? One of two questions for you here, folks. This one's for half the marbles. Is the following scene an anti-drug PSA or a scene from Summer Catch? Now available on HBO Max. Everything you do on the field and off the field affects your wallet. It's a shame to be hitting 190 on the field because you're hitting 700 in some gin mill. It's a shame to see your dreams and your bank accounts go up in smoke. If you said yes, that was an actual scene, and I hope that no, they didn't burn real money, then yeah, you're correct. (laughs) Now on to the final round. Put your arms out so they don't go rolling all over the place. We're talking all the marbles here, folks. Listen carefully to the following scene from Summer Catch. I'll have a question for you on the other side. Yeah, I don't think he appreciates me farting in his face all night. First it was accidental, now I'm trying to make him cry. And I'm pretty sure I just poo-pooed in my panties. <laughs> all right. Bear down. That was, by all accounts, heartbreakingly unfunny. It was a poor, poor, poor attempt to do the type of scene mastered in what other far superior baseball movie? Is it A, Angels in the Outfield, B, Bull Durham, or C, Rookie of the Year? 
The correct answer, of course, is B for Bull Durham, a.k.a. the best baseball movie ever made. We're dealing with a lot of shit. Well, uh, candlesticks always make a nice gift, and uh, maybe you can find out where she's registered, maybe a place setting, or maybe a silverware pattern. Okay, let's get to it. Here we go. Is that on HBO Max? I promote the hell out of Bull Durham. Oh, it's not. All right. I got the blue anyway. What do they win, host Kurt? A new card! Didn't have cigarettes from Papa Bender. Smoke up, Johnny! Welcome back to Kurt's Bears Blurbs. Let's get our burbs on proper here. Now everybody's watching us. Today we are talking Brother Theodore. That's right, Uncle Rube, baby. That's who I am! Last week it was Bonnie-centric. Well, how do you do? Now Uncle Rube gets the spotlight, and boy, do I love this guy. I hate cars. I prefer a horse. This all started when I watched a documentary on him on Prime called Much to My Chagrin. You can watch it if you want. I mean, production-wise, this documentary is for die-hard Uncle Ruben fans only. So, oh, well, I mean, so obviously Rolling Stone. The next day. So watching this Brother Theodore doc was fascinating. I mean, I know nothing about this guy. I don't understand that it was popped outside all day. And that's part of what makes Uncle Ruben work so well in the burbs. Who are the one who lives next door? He's an oddity. We don't know what the hell he is or what he's doing. Who knows? But he's just funny. He's a funny presence in a weird, offbeat one. You have more on you! And countless KBB guests, regardless of what they gave in the rankings, really responded to this dude. His, his fucking mouth. Is his jaw okay? No. His haircut. What is the yeah. haircut? What a strange shape of a mouth, head and a mouth, mouth and a jaw. And his backstory is fascinating. I mean, I, I guess his family was like insanely wealthy. His mom might have had a 25-year affair with Albert Einstein, who might be brother of Theodore's real dad. Who knows? And then Hitler happened, and they were sent to the concentration camps. But first, they had to sign over every single business and property they owned so they could live. Only Theodore survived, and he made his way to America. Well, wouldn't it be nice to have a doctor in the neighborhood? Says who? Brother Theodore was in at least two kids' movies. Uh, he was in two Rankin and Bass features. He was a Rourke, or Rook or Rurik, Roger in The Last Unicorn. He played Gollum in that 70s Lord of the Rings. My precious, will it taste delicious? Now with that out of the way, we can focus on the more R-rated fare. This is the not safe for work part because <laughs> one of those films is a little piece of work called GUMS, all caps. It is a Jaws parody from 1976. That's my dildo submarine. Oh wait, I left out one key word. It's a Jaws porn parody. That's right. <laughs> Uncle Rugen, old Rube Klopek, that dirty dog. He's in a movie that is about a nine on the erotic scale. Or I wish it was a nine, so that little dope bit I just said worked better, but it was not erotic at all. <laughs> but you're damn right, I watched it. I mean, front to back, my dudes. Big deal. Seeing mainstream stars in golden era porn movies is a delight. Because, you know, hey, a gig's a gig. Brother Theodore plays uh, the Quint in this Jaws porn parody. See the SS Canelingus? That's a boat, the Cunnilingus. That's what I call a boat. This is what I call no boats. Oh, and his full name is Captain Carl Clitoris. <laughs> Just what is your price, Clitoris? Clitoris. And if he's not wearing a Nazi uniform, he's wearing like leather studs with a Nazi armband thing. Where were you during the war? And it ends in the water with Uncle Reuben shirtless, still got his cap on, and like a mermaid is pretending to blow like a, a cone that's on his... It's insane. I mean, honestly, most of it 
is, I mean, the movie would probably be rated PG-13 because the porn parts are like cut out or covered with uh, Schoolhouse Rock era animation, which actually is kind of funny. No, I, I didn't see that. Go to the Instagram, take a look at a few of these shots. I promise they'll be safe for work to look at, but you can see what I'm getting at with. <laughs> I mean, also, this porn parody that Brother Theater is in might be his biggest role. It might be the most screen time. Dudes in the beginning. Don't piss in your pants. Dudes in the middle. Who are your parents, my sweet little thing? Dudes in the end. I knew something was up. <laughs> If I could best describe, I feel like his role in this porno parody is very much like, he's like the proto Danny DeVito on Always Sunny. Oh, whoops. Oh, I dropped my monster condom that I used for my magnum dom. If you go to the Instagram and look at the picture of him shirtless with like a little captain's hat on, it's very, very Frank Reynolds. There must be a school of fish around here or something. Such a horrible smell. That's not fish or smell. That's Foxer. Translation pussy. He's here. Come on. Oh, listen, the movie is totally worth watching. I mean, stock up beforehand. Someone's been eating a sandwich. But for anyone out there who is curious what it would look like to see Uncle Reuben in a Nazi getup whipping a buzzard that's jerking off, have I got the movie for you. Tell your daddy what. So yeah, Brother Theater's got a few movies under his belt, but he's probably best known for his appearances on Late Night Shows. Letterman loved his shtick. Uh, my first guest is Brother Theodore. Now, he is a philosopher, metaphysician, and podiatrist. He was on Letterman a bunch. Please sit back now, phone the relatives, and welcome Brother Theodore. And then even earlier, he was on the Merv Griffin Show. Ladies and gentlemen, you will love to hate him. Here is Brother Theodore. A show that I only knew as a Seinfeld reference, naturally, when the Kramer found the set and restored it in his apartment. And we all know how painful that can be. So anyway, Brother Theodore would go on Merv Griffin all the time. That's where he got the name Brother, too. And the more I dig into his story, the more I love the guy. Like, he was always bumming because no one could define what Brother Theodore's act was. Is he a stand-up comedian? Monologist? Actor? What is he? No one could put him in a corner. One time, an agent asked him how he was supposed to sell him. He's like, so what are you? And he goes, I am Brother Theodore. That's who I am. I love that. Ah, oh, that's it. You either get him or you don't. And he did what he did best, be himself. And he made a career out of it. And he was like one of those old school guys who had like his basic act that he could do over and over again for years and years and years. The infantile gigglers keep giggling. And I was thinking I would have to be pretty damn confident in my act, if I was about to do it once a week for the rest of my life. Then I started thinking, well, if I did, what would my act look like? It wasn't Bezo. It was a foaming squirrel. Like Brother Theodore, I can't find a lane that fits all the stuff I can do and like doing into one package. Like, what would be the perfect representation of Dr. Kurt Money and his skills? Here, we don't have that kind of time. And whatever those skills are, this act, this show would have to have something to do with the burbs. Clearly. Am I missing something? So that's kicking around up top. And I'm listening to last week's episode again. And it gets to the part where I'm talking about my dreams today. Like, always, no matter what my plans were for the future, right now I want to write for TV. You're not invited. I started to think on it. This dream TV writing job, it doesn't exist anymore. When I decided to aim for this goal, I was in my early 20s. Uh -oh. And I was thinking TV writing would be the perfect gig to satisfy my creative side and still make the Signifs happy. Yes! Signifs being significant others, of course. Because it used to be, you get hired on a network show that's 22 eps a season with a network primetime TV writing salary and like a three-month break between seasons. There's no way in hell I'm getting that job today. It ain't happening. Even if I was invited, I probably couldn't accept because what TV writing pays these days wouldn't even put a dent in paying my bills. I mean, not to brag, but my debt is considerable. Ooh, baby. And today, a TV writing job is like an eight-week gig. And for real, at the end of that eight weeks, you guys start all over again. 
Right. So anyway, so there I am. I'm thinking dreams are dumb. Yeah, I'm going to go do something productive. I'm going to go watch television. Like, I've been on autopilot of just, like, walking into a wall going, I'm going to write for TV. I'm going to write for TV. I'm going to write for TV. So that's one reason my dreams are dumb. The job is obsolete and unobtainable. Sorry. And reason number two that I cooked this scheme up in my mid-twenties was that back then, I thought I was going to handle both love life and career stuff. Oh, that can be arranged. Oh, how foolish I was. That never worked. Especially when the signifs are always wanting me to rank stuff. Like, what's more important to me, movies or them? No one has ever liked the answer to that question. Sure was damp today. And look, let's toot the old K-Money horn here, dude. You have more to offer the world than just writing. Do they know what you can do with a fidget spinner? Maybe we could have a little participation here? Why don't I find something burbs-related that makes me incorporate everything I'm good at? And I'm a great bowler. And I bet if I did that, I'd find some sort of a release, like some sort of, like, okayness. Serenity, no! And boy, did I find it. But more on that after this word from our sponsor. Catch some laughs. So you mow her lawn, and now you're trying to mow her lawn? Catch some magic. She made the grapes disappear. <laughs> what grapes? Catch some romance. I just pitched the game of my life. <laughs> Let's be together. Summer Catch, colon, the fall classic, hyphen, the TV series. Based on the film, Summer Catch. Now streaming on HBO Max. Welcome back to KBB. Dr. Money here on the season one finale of Curse Burst Blurves. Where were we? Ah, uh, yes. Doc Money found his life calling. That's not hyperbole either. All right, this is what I need, Carol. I, I need this. Mudo, the big bad at KBB, can attest to this. <laughs> because June 7th, the night that I had all these ideas, at like 3 a.m., I was so fucking stoked for this new look. I texted him and said, dude, as soon as you wake up, call me. This is not a false alarm. Because I found it, I solved me, and I solved the pot. Siren mode. Pretty neat, eh? He called me two hours later, and I laid this all out for him, and he was so on board. And actually, at one time, he said, you should write that down. And I was like, no need, because I'm recording it. <laughs> actually, I didn't tell him that. I never told him I was recording. I'm, my, my life is going to be what happens to me while I'm building this show. You know? Fuck. I felt that. <laughs> you need to write that down. Anyway, look, here's the deal. August 29th, 2019. I watched this little movie called The Burbs, and it changes my life. What are you guys eating in there? I absorb the burbs and all things burbs that I can. For months, I can't stop burbsing. It's going to be a big week for The Bachelor, kid. Eventually, this leads to a podcast awesome. where I force friends and colleagues to watch The Burbs, then help me ponder why I love it so much and what it means. Fix me, please. <laughs> this is chapter one of the Kurt Money story. These towns are full of those kind of stories. Sometimes they're happening right under your nose. And season one of KBB was me asking myself the first in a series of three questions. The first one I asked, what can I do for the burps? You've had that in your trousers all day? I can watch it a bunch. I can talk about it a bunch. Hey, good work. I can start a podcast about it and try to increase the movie's SEO value on Google. This team cooks. And I'll stream it on Stars so the suit snow is being watched. Those are all things that I can do for the burps. But you already know that. The question I ask myself now as season two begins, what can the burps do for me? Yeah! Uh, this might sound a little cocky or aggressive, and maybe it is. But I'm going to give you one example of this in action. One of those things is play the piano. I can play it a little, and if you give me a few days, I can read sheet music. And you know why? It's always one of those things where, like, eh, when I get to the finish line, then I'll have time to learn piano. No bakes. I've started and stopped this process a billion times, and could at one point or another play the first page of music to a ton of hits. Tiny Dancer. Lady Madonna. Harry Connick's arrangement of I'm Walking. Okay, Money can play it. Well, the first eight seconds of each. But I could, okay? And you know, here I am, I'm 35, loving the burbs, doing my thing. Just suck on that. My aspirations for the piano, you know, 
It's not Madison Square Garden or anything. I'm not trying to play professionally. I only want to be good enough to see a piano at a party and go, oh, I can play a little something. And everybody's like, whoa, Dr. Money is the coolest. Ooh. This has never happened. Huh. It's like, for some reason, I think in order for me to get to that point at the party, I got to learn all these drills. There's this new song I got to learn once a week. And it all becomes overwhelming. And then I forget all of it. But I'm looking at this all the wrong way. I shouldn't stare like this. I got a gosling this. And by that, I mean do what he did for La La Land. How about all for you and none for me? That's perfect, yes. That's him playing the keys. It is. But he didn't learn the piano. He learned the songs he plays on screen on the piano. And that's it. From that day on, there was never a hand double on set. He was dismissed. So why don't I do the same? Pick one song and one song only. And if I ever want to touch that piano, it's got to be that song. And this, neighbors, you guessed it, is where the birds comes in. It's one hell of a neighborhood. You know that's got to be J-G's T-B-O-S-T. Jerry Goldsmith's The Burbs original soundtrack. If I could learn any of the music that happens in The Burbs, I mean, I'd shit myself with excitement. Don't piss in your pants! Come on. I mean, there are like 15-second chunks in this movie where if I could do that on piano, I would just be... Woo, it'd be fun. I've been looking for a way to express my love of the birds as loud as I wanted. And if I could play the score, or parts of the score... I could plop down at the piano in front of KK1, watch the burbs, and play along as loud as I want because I'd have the cans on. Everybody wins! Dude, what are you doing with the gun? So that's one level of what the burbs can do for me. It's going to make me learn piano. I hate this. You're probably thinking, yeah, right, we'll see this in action, then we'll talk. And to that I say, haha, it's already paying off. I've already cleaned off the piano, found a program that can, can transcribe audio files, plugged in a part from the neighborhood intros in the burps, transcribed the sheet music for that, learned to play it, and this, my friends, you're about to hear, is very well-respected pathologist Kurt Money, tickling the ivories, burp style. Future Kurt here. Yeah, none of the Kurt's got around to being able to play any bit of the burps on the piano. Yes. And this reaction to my playing that you're about to hear, I'm about to play it for you. I just want you to know it's totally fucking canned. And I recorded this thinking, oh, well, I'll definitely do the piano part later. Past Kurt didn't do it. Future Kurt ain't gonna do it. <laughs> I'm leaving it in here as a punishment for all the Kurt's to take note. You know, don't be recording sections before the eggs are hatched and the horse and stuff. Boom! Huh? How about that? Do I look like an idiot, Mr. Peterson? Like, I don't, I don't know what's going to come out of this, but I do know that my pursuit of this perfect one performance. Like my perfect, call it my Holland's opus, right? <laughs> exemplifies my love of the burbs and my love via stuff I'm good at. That's the premise of KBB moving forward. This should be the show. This is the show. <laughs> I'm still going to have guests on. We're still going to watch the burbs. And I'm still going to go, that was the best movie of all time, right? And then they'll agree or disagree if they know what's good for them. But instead of asking them why they think I like the burbs so much. Why do you think I'm obsessed with the burbs in the way that I am? Or why don't they love the burbs so much? So bad. What are you talking about? Unnecessary. Explain yourself. Now I'm going to ask them if A, it wasn't that to bit boat. I know, right? And then after they agree, what I'll ask them is how they think I should let the burbs influence me and this epic one-man show I've got planned. I think we should move. The pod will likely be a weekly journal of my process to find how the burbs and I are going to find the perfect outlet for Dr. Money. Well, I'm going to do one-man show in this fucking burbs themed. This could be the dopest shit ever. I can't wait, dude. That's it. This is, this is one of your better ideas I've ever heard. And whatever the show looks like, I want to capture this in each stage because I know a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, I don't know when me and the burbs are going have a one-man show neighbors from hell like is it my life is it a retelling of the burbs is it a retelling of the burbs is it a spiritual sequel to the burbs like what if i'm david what if i play like the grown-up version of ray and carol's kid hey arson garbage all over the street your mom and i are having a conversation if you what i'm haunted by memories of the clopex we're all just standing around i don't know what that means but it's going to be something awesome
And, and it's, it's going to be a work in progress and it's ever going to be changing because guess what? Right now, let me tell you where my head's at. The one-man show takes place, it's set in the Kirk Cave. And then all of a sudden, Dr. Money throws to a commercial. Pulling another one of his patented teases. HBO Max is proud to present three life hacks to ensure that your early 2000s romantic comedy is engulfed by the sands of time and forgotten forever. With your host, Dr. K. Dr. K. <laughs> Gacy Gacy. The first one's easy. Hire Freddie Prince Jr. for the lead. Boom. Thanks. If you want a cherry on top for that cardboard casting, push for an accent. Trust me. I'm staying here tonight. I can't be late, yo. Oh, I'm sure you can pull it off. <laughs> I made a vow to swear up women and beer. Now y'all gotta get out of here. Life hack number two to ensure that your early 2000s romantic comedy is engulfed by the sands of time and forgotten forever. Replace all humor from the script with this simple equation. Aggressive fat shaming. She was fat and that ain't with a PH kid. Plus gay panic. Miles thinks you have a nice pooper. Equals laughs. Okay. Fact. Bingo, bango, bongo, we're laughing. And I'm a walking. Step three, make sure that the subplots happening around your main characters is a movie that you'd much rather be watching. It's my house, Mom. She's over 40. She's old enough to be my mom. Fez from that 70s show moves in with Beverly D'Angelo. Now, I know you've heard some stories about me. Some of them are true. Of top five all-time babe status fame. Baseball is a game. And she wants to jump his bones and perform some intriguing sleight of hand with some fruits and vegetables. Hand me the cucumber. That's the movie I want to watch. Where's that movie? I'm real good with ball players. And that is the third and final step in my three easy ways to ensure that your early 2000s romantic comedy is engulfed by the saints of time and forgotten forever. Summer Catch. Now streaming on HBO Max. Welcome back to KBB. So yeah, this one-man show, like right now, this is what it looks like in my mind grapes, all right? Set in the Kirk Cave. And Dr. Money is haunted by the ghosts of the roommates that I had to evict that were in the Kirk Cave until recently. <clears throat> They're haunting me. And it's kind of like an Edgar Allan Poe thing. Like, remember his heart shit? And then he's also crows and stuff. And we know the birds is all about them crows. So there's a connection. That's a boom. Big bastards, too. That's why I got the gun. I'm going to pop a few of them. I want Kurt's Burbs Blurbs to be first and foremost... The only podcast, the only podcast dedicated to the 1989 Joe Dante masterpiece, The Bird. But in addition to that, a documentation of whatever comes of this one-man show and what doesn't. I'm ready! But I love that I'm saying this right now and I'm putting it out there. Because a year from now, or maybe five or maybe ten, I'm going to put on this one-man show with The Burbs. And you can go back to this episode and go, see? He's been hanging out to this weird, gross, evicted roommates ghost bit since the very beginning. Since the very beginning! Or, wait, this used to involve roommates. Ugh. Won't that be great? Yes! Does this sound like big news or good news? I mean, it certainly feels like it. Sort of dumb. I'm not lost. There's a calmness to me where instead of me waking up and going, oh, now it's time to think about the goal that I don't even know if I'll ever be able to make it to. Now I wake up and go, oh, the goal's the one-man show. And the ladder to get there is the podcast. Let's hop on that ladder, babe. This is real. Wrong one. Where are you at? I'm ready to get going. You know? No visitors, no deliveries. I can't wait to fucking work on this pod because it'll please me short term here and now. And suddenly, I don't hate myself. It's amazing. I don't know what to say. In the long term, I know somewhere along that road, if me learning the piano or burpsing like I do, it's going to lead to something fucking unbelievable. And when that happens, I'll be ready to ask myself the last question. What can the burbs and I do together? Ooh. And the answer to that 
is this one-man show starring me and the burbs. Somehow. Somehow. That's it. So that's Kurt's Burbs Blurbs, babe. We're going to be burbsing, and we're going to be burbsing on this podcast. And then somewhere down the road, that burbsing is going to be translated into a Kurt Money production of some sort, one-man show, just Kurt and the Burbs. I mean, title-wise, also still up in the air. I kind of like the title of it being, regardless of what it's about, the 1989 Joe Dante masterpiece, The Burbs. So this way, whenever it's discussed, in whatever capacity, people will be forced to recognize the truth of the matter. The Burbs is a 1989 Joe Dante masterpiece. The Burbs is the best of all time. Oh, and then also when guests are on, I'll ask if they're going to come to the show whenever I put it on. So then at the end of this, I'll have like a super cut of all these people saying, yes, they'll come to my show. (laughs) Is that funny or weird? (coughs) Debatable. The kid next door is a meatball. I don't know what the hell that's going to be, but I'm so fucking jazzed to find the answer. Woohoo! ABB, baby. Go me. I'm out of here. Like, it would be my Vegas routine. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, dude. I fucking love that. It's going to be me, a piano, and mixed media. Like, it's just going to be... A piano? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah.